are listening to Packers Now. Get the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Ben Kurkowski, and today I want to talk and discuss what are the Packers' biggest needs going into the offseason. Today we're going to take a broad look at the 10 major positions uh, for the, the that every NFL team has and rank how much of a need this is for the Packers. So, <clears throat> starting with the quarterbacks, not only is quarterback the first position on the list, but it's also the least concerning position for the Packers. Aaron Rodgers will be the Packers quarterback for many years to come. Uh, people might argue against that, um, but I believe um, Rodgers will be a top 10 quarterback as long as he is an NFL quarterback. No part of his health gives me questions. Uh, and the Packers don't have the draft capital or the cap space to get a legit backup quarterback for Aaron Rodgers. Um, it's It doesn't make sense. Uh, the draft is not a place you want to draft, is to find a replacement level quarterback to have to stash behind your current starting quarterback because the way the NFL works these days is you draft a quarterback to be able to have him start immediately so you can have him on that rookie deal that is much less expensive than uh, the post-rookie deal for quarterbacks today. Uh, so there's no point of even drafting a quarterback if you're not going to use him right away. And so I believe because the Packers are going to have Aaron Rodgers for many years to come, uh, they do not need to grab a solid veteran quarterback uh, to back up Rodgers, or, and they don't use, need to use a high draft pick. So uh, because the reality is never will you win a Super Bowl with your backup quarterback. Um, a very few teams have done it. Teams like the Eagles have done it a few years ago. But what you're doing uh, by investing high draft picks or lots of money in free agency in a backup quarterback is you're wasting good draft capital and using high picks to find a successor um, or you're wasting valuable cap space to get a player that could make Aaron Rodgers better, like another weapon at receiver or tight end. Uh, so because of that, quarterback is ranked... 10th on my list for biggest needs for the 2020 offseason for the Packers. The last position of need. Number nine on my list is the edge rusher position for the Packers. Last offseason, this was the number one priority for the Packers. And now this is almost last for the Packers. It's amazing how big of a turn this has taken. The signings of Preston and Zedarius Smith were one of the best decisions Gutekunst has made. Uh, realizing that rusher position probably couldn't just be fixed just through the draft and he made the decisions he needed to make and he signed these two guys uh they were two of the best they're the two top edge rusher duos in the league in the nfl last season uh combining for 29 and a half sacks they were amazing best decisions uh the packers also have one edge rusher top draft pick in rashawn gary who i'm hoping for some growth from this guy uh but he is ready and available, and if an injury did occur to Preston or Zedarius uh, were to be out for the Packers, Gary would be a great replacement to come in and start. This isn't a need for the Packers, and I could see the Packers simply bringing in five undrafted free agents to compete for a roster spot as the final edge rusher on this roster. Number eight on the list is safeties. So similar to edge, last offseason, this is one of the top needs, but the Packers signed veteran safety Adrian Amos, who played the second most snaps for the Packers and was a top 10 safety in the league, again, uh, while also adding speed to their defense. 
with the first round pick of Darnell Savage, who played above average. Uh, the Packers also have some depth at the safety position with Raven Green, but and will most likely be bringing back a player like Ibrahim Campbell, who Mike T- Pettin speaks of highly and considers a starter in the NFL. He was the one who started in Savage's absence late in the year when he was injured. Uh, so Ibrahim Campbell is a quality backup and a potential quality starter in the NFL. The Packers don't need to draft anybody, but could consider it uh, if maybe a more versatile player was available in the draft who can play hybrid box safety that Petten likes to have in his defense. Uh, kind of a oversized player who could play next to the starting linebacker uh, for the Packers next season because the Packers love to use uh, that one linebacker look like they did with Martinez and having a safety next to him. Players like Jeremy Chin, uh, large, 6'3", 219 pounds, looked great at the Senior Bowl. That's the kind of safety I would be willing to draft in this upcoming uh, NFL draft uh, who could really fill a unique position for the Packers. Um, So there will be a few available players like Jeremy Chin who could play that box safety role and still cover well in the third and fourth rounds or maybe adding a safety really late in the draft. But the the Packers should not consider adding one with their first couple picks. Um, And they shouldn't uh, consider adding any through free agency except simply bringing back their own guys like Ibrahim Campbell. So this is the same as edge rusher uh, for the Packers, bringing many undrafted players to fight for some of the last safety spots on the roster. Number seven on my list is running backs. Uh, This was a hard decision for me, and I'll explain why later. Uh, But the Packers found a huge boost in their offense this season, and most of that was due to their running backs, and Aaron Jones and even Jamal Williams producing lots of plays for the Packers. Aaron Jones was the top overall offensive player for the Packers this season and was a top three running back in the league. And when it came to both as a rusher and as a pass catcher, while Jamal Williams also played a key role on our offense, made a bunch of touchdown catches, and was a key difference maker even with Jones in front of him. The Packers have one running back in Aaron Jones fighting to be Offensive Player of the Year next year, and another running back who could be a starting running back on some other rosters. Uh, So they're ranked 7th in positional need, though, primarily because after the 2020 season, the Packers will only have rookie 6th round pick Dexter Williams on the roster, who saw almost no playing time this season. Uh... The Packers, this would have been the number 10 need, I think, for the Packers if it wasn't for the fact that uh, both Williams and Jones' contract end after this year. And so we have to have a future in place. And almost every NFL analyst will tell you, never re-sign a running back after their rookie contract these days because it just isn't worth it. Running backs are replaceable, but the Packers could consider trying to add one this year in the draft to to be the future starting starting running back for the Packers in the future uh, in 2021 if they were to let Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams walk in free agency next year. And so uh, starting running backs can be found all over the draft. It's just the truth in today's NFL and how many running backs are being produced out of college. You can find guys in the fifth, sixth rounds who could really help your roster and could be a starting running back. Even look at Aaron Jones. He was a six-round pick. Jamal Williams, fifth-round pick. 
Uh, so look for the Packers to use a day three pick on a running back they like um, if they didn't early in the draft. But if a day two pick guy fell to the Packers, don't be surprised if the Packers select him. Uh, LaFleur has stated in his off, in the combine presser earlier this week that they, they want to add a third guy to the mix, kind of meaning Dexter Williams isn't that guy. They figured that out. Um, and so if a day two pick guy like Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State, DeAndre Swift, uh, fast, uh, very elusive running back, or even Cam Akers from Florida State falls down draft boards. The Packers, I could see them trading up, uh, seeing a guy there uh, and going and get him, and being the future, you know, starting running back for three years for the Packers after this season. So, number six on my list is the defensive line. This was hard for me to decide. Uh, but the defensive line are the least used players for the Packers. And so, yes, there's a need uh, to the starters on the base defense where the Packers use three defensive linemen. But um, the Packers rarely play the base defense. Uh, the Packers defense is predicated on stopping the pass and getting after the quarterback. Because of that, they rarely play with a true three D lineman set, but instead play a smaller and faster defense, usually that only involves two defensive linemen, and you add an extra safety or an extra corner in the mix there. And because of this, the Packers really don't need anybody to come in, uh, but could also upgrade if they found one. It's not this huge need. Uh, Tyler Lancaster is a restricted free agent who I believe the Packers should bring back. He started 10 games last year, while Dean Lowry uh, during the season, signed a small contract extension for another two years, which will keep him around. And don't forget, Gutekunst is very high on Montrevious Adams, a third-round pick for from two years ago. And in 2019, he used a fifth-round rookie. He has a fifth-round pick he used on rookie Kingsley Kiki, uh, who Gutekunst also stated he expects to see a lot more from next season because uh, he is he was well-known in college as being a pass rusher at the defensive tackle spot. So none of these players right now are super good. Uh, they're kind of average right now, but maybe they need another year to prove themselves. And I could see Gutekunst, uh, because he's high on these five defensive linemen and the Packers usually only use two, uh, I, I could see him not adding very many players into the mix. Uh, there's one metric uh, that shows the value of each positional player uh, whether they are good or not, and how that affects a team's overall performance. So on this list, interior defensive line are the lowest graded positions on this metric, meaning uh, they are the least important in, a, in affecting your team's overall performance. Uh, so like, even if you have the best D tackles uh, in the league, uh, there are 30 other players on defense, uh, even... Uh, who are more helpful in uh, in the league, who are more helpful in uh, helping your team's overall performance, if that makes sense. And if this, if this is true and this is a reality, we shouldn't we really shouldn't be investing much in this position group uh, if you look at the analytics of it. And so 
uh, even though there is nobody who is starting next to Kenny Clark who is really, really dominant and really good, they're, the players that have been there have been average. I think it just shows the reality that maybe this isn't a position need, a position that we do invest a ton of capital in, especially since we have invested so highly on the edge rushers uh, outside of them and we'll have to invest in Kenny Clark here soon uh, because he's up for contract after next season. So... Um, because of this, uh, look for the Packers, um, to keep Kenny Clark around for the next five years, extend his contract, uh, but, and not look to add any veteran free agents unless someone came in for a very cheap deal like Damon Harris's. Harrison, who just got cut by the Detroit Lions. Um, but there are a few defensive linemen who have some serious value in the fourth or fifth round who I believe could fight for a starting spot in year one. And I'll bring up one of those um, tomorrow in my mock, dra- mock draft for the Packers. So number five, uh, needed position for the Packers. Uh, so right in the middle of the pack here is the tight end position. So uh, the Packers have struggled to have a tight end that could produce since signing, literally since Jermichael Finley went down. The Packers thought they had the answer with signing Jimmy Graham, but that will go down as Gutekunst's probably worst decision so far as a GM for the Packers, as he's going to be cut this offseason. Mercedes Lewis, the number two tight end, will most likely not be resigned either, which leaves the Packers with rookie Jay Sternberger as one of the only tight ends on the roster, and hopefully Robert Tanyan, who should come back as a restricted free agent for the Packers. These two tight ends aren't true complete tight ends, but they could, they do both offer, offer athleticism and size to offer the Packers weapons who could produce if given the opportunity. Sternberger led the FBS in touchdowns in 2018 and then was drafted by the Packers, but he was sadly out most of his first season. Uh, but once he was removed from the injured reserve and he came back to play for the Packers, he uh, immediately got put into the lineup and started seeing action and got playing time. While Tanyan is the lighter and faster complement the Packers need out of a number two tight end, who can be even more effective in running the seam up the field for the Packers, which is a big deal in today's NFL. These two are great, but the Packers definitely need to consider adding another couple of tight ends to this group. The only problem is the tight end class is overall very bad. It's probably the worst part of this 2020 NFL draft class. It lacks true tight ends who can play in line in the NFL. And if the Packers are going to add a guy that will help this team next season, they'll need to draft one probably in the second or third round. Guys like Adam Troutman from Dayton or Notre Dame tight end Cole Komet are ones that come to mind right away. There are some free agent options as well, like Hunter Henry, Austin Cooper, Eric Ebron, or even Tyler Eifert. But personally, I believe they are not worth the cap space to sign a free agent as they will cost pretty big money, probably at least $10 million a year. And all these tight ends have struggled to stay healthy. And when they are healthy at times, have been inconsistent. Uh, I can't, I just can't imagine to sign any of these tight ends and feel comfortable with their av- availability or if our offense will actually use them because our uh, Packers offenses have continually struggled to get tight ends in the mix. I don't know if it's the Packers or if it's just Rodgers, but we struggle to utilize that tight end position. And if that's true, I don't think it's worth it to really invest big money 
in the tight end position. Number four position on the list of need is the cornerback position. This might seem surprising because our corners, uh, uh, that the corners would be this high on the list, but let me explain why. Jair Alexander is a true number one corner in the NFL. He continues to make plays on the ball, and opposing number one receivers struggle to get open with him in coverage. Our second best corner technically, according to Pro Football Focus, is Tremont Williams, who is set to be a free agent and is about 37 years old. Our outside corner, Kevin King, I like. I think he can be a starting number two corner in the NFL with his size and speed. It's a unique blend at 6'3", 190, uh, but he is inconsistent. He struggled to stay on the field with injuries throughout his career so far, and and this is Kevin King's last season before he becomes a free agent next offseason. The Packers lack depth at corner right now and need to add more players. The Pat- Packers may need to consider bringing Tremont Williams back on a one-year deal for him to try and win a Super Bowl. But other than that, I don't see the Packers making a play for a top cornerback. One that does come to mind, though, is Chris Harris Jr., who played for the Broncos and has been an elite corner in the NFL, especially when playing in the slot. But he can play on the outside if need be, if the Packers had someone else on the roster who really only excelled in the slot. This is one place to check and see if the Packers would be willing to spend some money to ensure their secondary doesn't fall apart if an injury were to occur to either King or especially Alexander. In the draft, though, there are a lot of quality corners that the Packers should consider drafting one or even two and hoping one of them pans out. Guys like Cam Dantzler in the second round or Troy Pride Jr. in the third round could be great in adding speed to this defense, which I know Gutekunst continues to emphasize uh, in players he wants to add. And there are some undersized corners as well who are going to fall down draft boards because of their lack of height, who the Packers could consider drafting later in the draft to secure the spot in the slot if cornerback Chain and Sullivan weren't to play up to the hopes of what he did this year for the Packers. The number three uh, positional need, biggest positional need for the Packers is offensive line. So right now, I want to emphasize the Packers are only losing one starter in the offseason if they didn't re-sign anybody, which doesn't sound like much, but I'll get into that soon. So the Packers have Brian Blaga as that free agent who they need to sign. He's one of the best right tackles in the league. I'd say a top five. Blaga is great when healthy, as he's been hurt a lot throughout his career. And so because of that, he'll command about $10 million a year. The backup tackle in Jared Valdir, I'm not sure if he's a starter for a whole year at this point in his career, Maybe with the lack of tackles in the NFL, he could be, but I don't see him as a long-term answer as he came out of retirement just to play for the se- for the Packers last season. So the Packers have to find an answer at right tackle, which I proposed in my last podcast would be signing both players as you don't know how the draft will shake up and if we'd be able to pick up a tackle there. If the Packers did draft a tackle, it would need to be in the first three rounds as there isn't much value later in the draft. The Packers are solid on the left side of their offensive line. So I want to look at the whole offensive line as a whole now after looking at the right tackle position. Uh, So the left side, they're solid. They have all pro left tackle David Bakhtiari and left guard rookie Elkton Jenkins, who was a pro bowl guard this year. Uh, But with the Packers lacking some salary cap space, I could see them being willing to move on from center Corey Lindsley 
who had a year of regression. He's getting older. He's 29 years old currently. And the amount of money the Packers could save from that move uh, would save them a lot of money. And I could see the Packers even wanting to try to find a replacement in right guard Billy Turner. As Billy Turner Turner's performance this year was kind of disappointing. Uh, he was average for the Packers this season, even though he had a decently large contract. Uh, I believe the center, right guard, right tackle positions all will eventually need to be replaced by the start of the 2021 season, which is why which is why this need is so high for the Packers. Uh, the Packers could find replacements for these options in the draft, good ones, without reaching. For example, in the third and fourth round, Players like guard Jonah Jackson out of Ohio State, guard Logan Stenberg from Kentucky, center Tyler Biotich from Wisconsin, who many of you know, center Nick Harris-Washington, and guard-slash-tackle Trey Adams, and many more players will be available in the third and fourth rounds for the Packers. This is a draft that the Packers could really take advantage of in the, in the middle to fix the future for the Packers and even trade away current players on this roster for more picks to get these guys now and they'd save money. This offensive line is going to fall apart in the next two years if they don't start to draft replacements in the 2020 draft, which is why offensive line is the third biggest need for the Packers looking into this offseason and especially the draft. Number two biggest need for the Packers is the linebacker position. We saw against the 49ers how important it is for the Packers to upgrade at this position. The Packers are losing Blake Martinez in free agency as he will demand about $16 million a year, which is just not worth it for the Packers. The Packers need to add more speed at the linebacker position and a player who can consistently both stop the run and the pass, which Martinez just couldn't consistently do as he was limited athletically. There's one big name in free agency in Corey Littleton, linebacker LA Rams. Last two years, he's been the highest grade inside linebacker in pass coverage. He's been fantastic at doing two years in a row, uh, showing his consistency. Uh, a contract for a player like Littleton might cost a lot, and so the Packers need to consider being ready to add a linebacker in the draft, either in Kenneth Murray, a tackling machine for Oklahoma the last two seasons, who hasn't shown great pass coverage, um, even being in the Big 12, so that's a concern. Or they could add a different linebacker in Patrick Murray, uh, linebacker LSU who is smaller, faster, and graded out really well at the end of the last season, and especially in the playoffs, and he's only 20 years old, which I love. These are two big names that really could help out our roster. The Packers need to be ready to add one or two linebackers in this draft that will add speed to our defense, which it needs to get faster, and the players that the Packers select need to show on film that they can play fast using their instincts, reading offenses quickly, while also finding players of the combine who are exceptionally fast, because that is essential to write uh, in this Packers defense when they're using a s one linebacker, especially who they're expecting to cover literally the whole field and run defense. So very big need for the Packers need to consider adding one in the first round maybe in second, third round, uh, or uh, looking at a guy like Corey Littleton in free agency who would cost pretty big money for the Packers. But the Packers' number one biggest need, I believe, is the receiver position. The Packers have lacked a dynamic duo at receiver for years due to injuries, and it has to end now. 
Rodgers has looked like the best QB in history when he's been given a few consistent weapons on offense at the receiver position. Think about 2014 when he won the MVP. He didn't have a ton of weapons, but he he looked amazing. But he had a couple consistent, really good weapons. Devontae Adams is good, but the best passing offenses are usually the ones that make it to the Super Bowl and win. If you look at the Chiefs this year, you see a team that could throw the ball down the field consistently. And if Aaron Rodgers had the same weapons that Mahomes had, I think we would have had a Super Bowl winning team this season. The Packers have all these receivers who I'm really hopeful for, but right now, none of them will be a true number two receiver in the NFL. Thankfully, for the Packers, this is one of the deepest NFL drafts for receivers ever. And there are a few talents in free agency who might be worth it to take a flyer on. One name in free agency who really interests me is A.J. Green, top five receiver in the league for most of his career. He's been playing with Cincinnati Bengals, and he wants out. He wants to win a Super Bowl after so many years of subpar quarterback play. I can't imagine he wants to play anywhere except with a good QB who has a chance at making the Super Bowl. I believe because of his injuries the last two years that have kept him from playing, he will not be valued highly in free agency, and I think the Packers could even bring him in on a one-year reprove-it deal of about 5 to $7 million, which I would take a chance on because when healthy, he's been a top five receiver in the league. I don't think he can do that anymore, but I think he could be a top number two receiver, for the, especially for the Packers. One other name to consider is Robert Woods. He actually isn't a free agent, but L.A. is in a... LA, the LA Rams are in a seriously bad cap situation, and they're a very old team which needs to get younger. They might ditch Robert Wood's contract for the right value of maybe a third-round pick, which I think would be totally worth it. As he, is, he has been one of the best number two receivers in the NFL the last couple of years in LA. He would add a for sure legit option for Rodgers, which would open up the offense entirely to the next level. Also, in this draft, there's so much depth in, in the receiver class that you could find a number two receiver in the second and third rounds that could be first rounders in other years of the NFL draft. Some of these players you'll see selected in the second or third rounds could be first round receivers if it was last year's draft or next year's draft. Uh, you don't need to use a first rounder on a receiver to get a good player, but the Packers definitely could and probably will consider it. In conclusion, the Packers' biggest needs are as follows for the 2020 offseason. Number 10, quarterback. Number 9, edge rusher. Number 8, safeties. Number 7, running backs. Number 6, defensive linemen. Number 5, tight ends. Number 4, cornerbacks. Number 3, offensive line. The number 2, the linebackers positions. And at number 1, biggest need for the Packers is the wide receiver position. There you have it. Thanks for listening to Packers Now. Next time we will talk through uh, my first mock draft I'm going to present to you guys for the Packers. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, review, subscribe to my podcast to get the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Thanks, guys.